This is the Affirm America podcast, where we stand up and speak out affirming American excellence. Coming to you deep in the heart of the Midwest, located in an undisclosed log cabin on the outskirts of town, your host, Marquis Vandemark. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Affirm America podcast. I am your host, Marquis Vandemark. And it is a wonderful day here in the heart of America. In the deep Midwest, where American excellence and affirmation is strong. Patriots, we live here. We love America. We're fighting for freedom, liberty, justice in the American way. That's about 34 degrees this morning. Cloudy, a little cloudy, but not too bad for January the 13th, 2022. Glad that you're joining us today. Happy that uh, we could meet again in this new year as things are moving very quickly. So much happening every day. We could do an episode on the news just every single day of this year. But I've got a good program for you today. I'm going to um, key in, focus in on the speech of Joe Biden down in Atlanta, Georgia earlier this week. And we're going to listen to some of uh, some of the responses from uh, some really great orators and politicians that responded to Joe Biden's ranting and raving. If you didn't hear it, it was uh, quite extraordinary. Play a few clips for us here in just a minute so that you can get an idea of the flavor of Atlanta and the response by some of our elected officials. Before we do... Uh, you can subscribe to my podcast at AffirmAmerica.com. You can go there and uh, enter your email address, and then when a new episode comes out, you'll get it emailed to you right away. So go to AffirmAmerica.com and uh, subscribe to my podcast channel. And uh, also, if you want to reach me by email, you can reach me at Marquis, M-A-R-Q-U-I-S, at AffirmAmerica.com. We're uh, really in for the fight of our lives with this uh, voter integrity voter, whatever you want to call it, that the Democrats are trying to concoct here so they can get more power. It's really what it's all about. They're just trying to cheat more easily by making the federal government in charge of voter processes and oversight. Well, that's not what the Founding Fathers had in mind. They put that in the state's hands because we don't trust the government. The government has been the problem. The king's those that had all authority, totalitarian nations like China, Russia, North Korea, Cuba. These are totalitarian nations. And so having the federal government to watch over our voting is very dangerous. And the fact that uh, we had the highest turnout in over 70 years at this last election, it's a real straw man by the Democrats to try to upgrade or make voting rights more accessible, well, they made it too accessible with uh, not having to show voter IDs, drop boxes on every corner of democratically rich areas. These are the problems that we have with this bill. But if you haven't heard uh, Joe Biden's speech down in Georgia, I'm just going to give you a little flavor here. 
his speech down in Georgia, and then we're going to talk a little bit about that and then move on to some of these responses, which are really classic, and they are very fiery, and I think you'll get a lot out of it. It's good to see some of these politicians on the Republican side standing up for what they believe and not talking mealy-mouthed or not even responding at all. So let's listen to Joe Biden's, uh, just a clip of his speech down in uh, Georgia, so you got a flavor, and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit more on the other side. Okay, so here we go. The issue is, will we choose democracy over autocracy, light over shadows, justice over injustice? I know where I stand. I will not yield. I will not flinch. I will defend the right to vote our democracy against all enemies, foreign and, yes, domestic. And the question is, where will the institution of the United States Senate stand? Every senator, Democrat, Republican, and Independent, will have to declare where they stand, not just for the moment, but for the ages. Will you stand against voter suppression? Yes. Or no, that's the question they'll answer. Will you stand against election subversion? <clears throat> yes or no? Will you stand for democracy? Yes or no? And here's one thing every senator, every American should remember. History has never been kind to those who've sided with voter suppression over voters' rights. And it will be even less kind for those who side with election subversion. So I ask every elected official in America, how do you want to be remembered? At consequential moments in history, they present a choice. Do you want to be on the side of Dr. King or George Wallace? Do you want to be on the side of John Lewis or Bull Connor? Do you want to be on the side of Abraham Lincoln or Jefferson Davis? This is the moment to decide to defend our elections, to defend our democracy. So there you go. That's a little, just a little flavor of Joe Biden. He's uh, getting more and more cranky, more and more yelling. I think he's uh, really uh, way out of his league. He's, um, his approval ratings are, are at about 30% right now. And uh, you can see why. I mean, he is just um, off the rails. And a lot of people are beginning to see this. And it's uh, not pretty at all. But a couple points he made there that were just uh, just completely absurd. Looking at the American people as terrorists, domestic terrorists, because they don't agree with his bill, which is just absurd. And a lot of uh, Joe Biden came in here said he was going to unify the country. We're not we're not seeing uh, unifying speech here. We're seeing divisive speech. So he's, he's failed on, on one big level right there in that he's just as divisive as anybody else. He talks about how divisive Trump was, but this guy is magnitude of 10 over Trump with his uh, divisiveness, using such racial epithets, putting people in categories just because they don't agree with him. This is totalitarianism, folks. This is exactly the opposite of what he's trying to accomplish with his so-called voter integrity bill. So it's important that we, as Americans, that believe in voter rights. I mean, these are simple things like voter IDs. I mean, uh, please, 
right now they want you to have a vaccine ID wherever you go. So if they're in favor of IDs for vaccines, why wouldn't they be in favor for our most sacred right, the right to vote? Doesn't make any sense. Everybody should be able to prove that you're a citizen of the United States of America. And to get have an ID is not a big deal. Anybody can do it. And the African-American community is actually appalled at the idea that they can't get an ID. I mean, it's not, it's not voter suppression if you don't have an ID. They don't cost anything. Anybody can get one. And if you really cherish your right to vote, you should have an ID to prove that you're an American. It only makes sense. So I, wanna, I wanna, want you to hear some of the responses here because they really put this and frame this in the best that uh, I've heard. And I really like uh, Senator Tom Cotton's response. I want to play this here for you because he really nailed it. And, you know, Tom tends to be a little bit even keel when he talks, but uh, he's got a lot of fire in his voice here on his response to Joe Biden's speech. So let's play this uh, Tom Cotton response to Joe Biden, and uh, I think you'll like it, and we can talk a little bit more about it on the backside. The senator from Arkansas. Right now, we are on the precipice of a constitutional crisis. We're about to step into the abyss. I want to talk for a few minutes why we're on that precipice and why we're looking into that abyss. Let me first ask a fundamental question. What is the crisis that calls for the undoing of two centuries of tradition? Are senators merely doing their jobs as legislators, responding to a generalized public calling for the abolition of the filibuster? Clearly not. It is not the American people at large who are demanding detonation of the nuclear option. The nuclear option is being pushed largely by the radioactive rhetoric of a small band of radicals who hold in their hands the political fortunes of the president. Constitutional scholars will tell us that the reason we have these rules in the Senate, unlimited debate, two-thirds to change the rules, the idea that 60 have to close off debate is embodied in the spirit and rule of the Constitution. That is what the Constitution is all about, and we all know it. It is the Senate where the Founding Fathers established a repository of checks and balances. It's not like the House of Representatives where the Majority Leader or the Speaker can snap his fingers and get what he wants. On important issues the Founding Fathers wanted, and they were correct in my judgment that the slimmest majority should not always govern. The Senate is not a majoritarian body. The bottom line is very simple. The ideologues in the Senate want to turn the Founding Fathers, what the Founding Fathers called the cooling saucer of democracy, into a rubber stamp of dictatorship. They want to make this country into a banana republic, where if you don't get your way, you change the rules. Are we going to let them? It will be a doomsday for democracy 
if we do. I, for one, hope and pray that it will not come to this. But I assure my colleagues, at least speaking for this senator, I will do everything I can to prevent the nuclear option from being invoked, not for the sake of myself or my party, but for the sake of this great republic and its traditions. Those are powerful words, but they're not mine. Every word of my speech today was originally spoken by our esteemed colleague, the senior senator from New York, Chuck Schumer. Senator Schumer spoke so eloquently in defense of the Senate's rules, customs, and traditions when the fortunes of his party looked a little different. My, how times have changed. Now it's Senator Schumer's fingers that are hovering over the nuclear button, ready to destroy the Senate for partisan advantage. Think about it. The narrowest majority in Senate history wants to break the Senate rules to control how voters in every state elect senators. Could there be a better argument to preserve the Senate's rules, customs, and traditions? So before it's too late, let us reflect on the wise and eloquent words of Senator Schumer, words that are as true today as they were when he spoke them, even if Senator Schumer is singing a different tune today. There you go. So um, indirectly, Tom Cotton is speaking directly to Joe Biden's voter bill because the only way they can get that piece of cheating legislation through is to bust up the filibuster because they can't get the 60 votes in the Senate to pass it. And he used the words against the, the uh, senator of New York, Schumer, to address exactly why we do not want to bust up the filibuster. It's interesting when uh, these guys are in power, how they flip and flop, depending on whether they're in the minority or whether they're in the majority. And that's exactly why the Founding Fathers set up the checks and balances of the filibuster to avoid one-party rule, totalitarian dictatorships. This is an incredible constitution that our Founding Fathers left for us. And there's no way we're going to let this happen. So those of you that live in states where your governor or your senators are opposed to keeping the filibuster, I want you to give them a call. I want you to get on the phone. I want you to call them and tell them that you do not want them to vote yes on busting up the filibuster. We need some action. We need people to speak out, speak up, get on those phones and call, because this is a very, very important crossroads for our democracy if they break this filibuster rule. Then it's not just for the Republicans, but it's going to go the same way when the Republicans take over the Congress and the Senate in the midterms. Then we have all the power. So to be fair, it affects both parties. I want to play with you now uh, Mitch McConnell's speech because I think uh, 
he really nails it here. He really speaks to what's going on here. And it's important that we hear from him also as well, because his words ring just as true as uh, Senator Cotton did. So let's play this, and then we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit more on the backside. Twelve months ago, a newly inaugurated President Biden stood on the west front of the Capitol, and here's what he had to say. My whole soul is in this, bringing America together, uniting our people, and uniting our nation. Yesterday, that very same man delivered a deliberately divisive speech that was designed to pull our country further apart. Twelve months ago, this president said we should see each other not as adversaries, but as neighbors. Yesterday, he called <clears throat> millions of Americans his domestic enemies. Twelve months ago, the president called on Americans to join forces, stop the shouting, lower the temperature. But yesterday, he shouted that if you disagree with him, you're George Wallace. George Wallace. If you don't pass the laws he wants, you're Bull Connor. And if you oppose giving Democrats untrammeled one-party control of the country, well, you're Jefferson Davis. Twelve months ago, this president said disagreement must not lead to disunion. Ah, but yesterday he invoked the bloody disunion of the Civil War, the Civil War, to demonize Americans who disagree with him. He compared, listen to this, a bipartisan majority of senators to literal traitors. How profoundly, profoundly unprecedented. Look, I've known, liked, and personally respected Joe Biden for many years. I did not recognize the man at the podium yesterday. American voters did not give President Biden a mandate for very much. He got a tied Senate, negative coattails in the House, the narrowest majorities in over a century. The President did not get a mandate to transform America or reshape society. But he did arguably get a mandate to do just one central thing that he campaigned on. Here's what that was. Bridge a divided country, lower the temperature, dial down the perpetual air of crisis in our politics. That is the one central promise that Joe Biden made. It is the one job citizens actually hired him to do. It is the one project that would have actually been consistent, consistent with the Congress, the voters elected. Uh, but President Biden has chosen to fail his own test. 
the president's rant, rant yesterday was incoherent, incorrect, and beneath his office. He used the phrase Jim Crow 2.0 to demagogue a law that makes the franchise more accessible than in his own state of Delaware. He blasted Georgia's procedures regarding local elections officials while pushing national legislation with almost identical language on that issue. The president implied things like widely popular voting ID laws to be, quote, listen to this, totalitarian, totalitarian. Ironically, on the same day, the Washington, D.C.'s Democratic mayor told citizens to bring both a photo ID and a vaccine card anytime they leave the house. So there you go. There's uh, Mitch McConnell in the trenches on the floor laying out his viewpoint on that speech in Atlanta the other day. And boy, did he nail it. I mean, he spoke exactly with what we all feel when we heard that speech. This is not the Joe Biden that we've seen in years past. This is an old, crotchety, I don't know, dementia, a firm. He's not, uh, he's not fit to be leading the freest nation in God's green earth, in my opinion. And the Democrats got a big problem. They're losing supporters. Both the president and the vice president are in the 30s, and the vice president's even below the president in the 20s. And we have the midterms this year in 2022, and the way they're going right now, it's going to be a bloodbath, and it deservedly so, with that kind of rhetoric, with that kind of speak, divisive speak, lies, using uh, accusations that exactly what they're doing to the other side of the aisle, accusing Republicans for exactly what they're trying to do, which is to cheat, to change the rules, to make it easier to do ballot harvesting, mail-in ballots without verification, without voter IDs, people being able to register on the day of the election without verifying who they are. What's that all about? That doesn't seem like voter integrity to me, but that's exactly what they're trying to push. And they know they can't get it through with their slim majority. So their only play here is to change the filibuster rule, to bust it up so they can get their way like little teenagers or little kids that just can't get their way on the playground and it was great how Senator Cotton took Chuck Schumer's words and used them against him because that's exactly what he did. And these politicians, they speak out of both sides of their mouth. When they're in the minority, they're against busting up the filibuster. But when they're in the majority, they're for it. So what is it? Are you for it or against it? Well, that's exactly what our founding fathers prepared for, and that's how they fashioned the checks and balances in our system of government. So God save us if they break it up, because this nation will be severely disadvantaged if that does happen. So again, those of you out there in these states, please get out and make 
your voice heard. Attend the rallies that are going on in your individual cities. Pick up the telephone. Shoot off an email. It only takes a few minutes. Call Senator Manchin. Encourage him to continue to vote no. Him and Cinema and Arizona are the, are the only ones that are really blocking uh, this thing going through. So encourage them. Support them. Shoot them off a voicemail. I, I call Senator Manchin's office two or three times a week. Send them an email. They have to respond. Those are the kind of things that we can do. If we do nothing, well, we're going to face the consequences. All right, so that's, uh, that's my episode for today. So I wanted to um, leave you with uh, a little bit of humor today. Sometimes uh, it can be a little depressing when we look at the news and we hear what's happening with uh, the Biden administration and the radical left. And uh, so I wanted to leave you with something that would uh, be uplifting. We need a little bit of levity at times, some uh, humor to uh, make our days a little more exciting. So I have a uh, song here I'd like to play for you to close out this episode of Affirm America. It's from Mark Davis. It's a parody song called Biden Went Down to Georgia. I think you'll really like this. Biden went down to Georgia. He was looking for some votes to steal. He's in a bind. His party's way behind. He's looking to cut some deals. He expected Stacey Abrams and an atmosphere that's hot. But when they asked if she'd show up, she said, boy, I think not. I guess you didn't know it, but you and Kamala are through. And if you'd care to take a look, you'd see we're done with you. Now, we've played second fiddle, but it's time for something new. The squad and I are riding high, and we're coming after you. Joe said, girl, I hear you, and it might be a sin, but I'll take a nap. I don't give a crap. I don't think that I can win. Biden tried the same old lies. It's getting pretty hard. His lies fell flat in Georgia and the public's getting tarred. He says secure elections are a cancer on our soul, but we know it ain't Jim Crow 2.0. All right, there you go. A little levity for today to close out your week. I want to thank everybody for joining us today. That concludes this episode of Affirm America podcast for this week. Again, uh, go to my channel, uh, go to AffirmAmerica.com and subscribe to my podcast. And uh, have a great week. God bless you all. And we'll see you next time on Affirm America podcast. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandemark. And let's never forget, America is great and we affirm it.